Hello and welcome to Coexisting. It's 2020 and due to the coronavirus making its way across the world, we find our towns and cities in lockdown in an effort to slow the pandemic. I'm Lara Lightbody, the producer of this show. Apart from the COVID headlines filling our screens, I was curious to hear how people were living day to day. So I asked the same eight questions to people in different countries to get a glimpse of their lives during their version of Shelter at Home. The questions I ask cover life right now as that person is living it. What day of shelter are you on? What are the rules in place? What is it like in the streets where you live? What practical advice has helped you at this time? What is your most memorable moment? And what would you say to someone who is feeling low today? It's part information, part human story archive, but mainly trying to get an uplifting bent on this insane situation we find ourselves in, and at the same time preserving these memories in audio. Memories that will, in a few short months, be forgotten. So, plug in those headphones or that speaker, grab a cup of tea or a glass of the good stuff and take a seat. This is Coexisting. Welcome to Africa. Hello, my name is James Yali. I'm currently speaking from Accra, Ghana. I'm originally from Nigeria. I've just moved into Ghana just um, very recently. My dad is Ghanaian and um, my mom is Nigerian. Coming to Ghana was more like a homecoming for me. So it was meant to be a visit, but due to the whole pandemic and the whole coronavirus issue, so I kind of got stuck here, yeah. I'm a media producer and um, I mostly describe myself as a media connoisseur because um, I'm very vast I'm into um, sound production, graphic design, videography, and, and the rest of them. So, and I'm also a podcaster. Where I am now, they've actually lifted the shelter home. We call it the lockdown. For the past two and a half months now, so they've actually lifted the whole restriction on movement and the rest of them. So I can kind of say um, businesses and um, stuffs have gone back to normal, but not really normal because then again, the borders are closed. Large social gatherings are still frowned upon. So we can't still have the large social gathering, but then certain small businesses have resumed back fully. Here in Accra, the lockdown was for about three weeks. It was actually two weeks at first, but then they extended it with another one week, which made it last for about three weeks. It's been over two and a half months now since they lifted the old ban and restrictions. So businesses and a few other things, I can see categorically have gone back to normal, but yet the borders are still closed, airports are still shut down and the rest of them. So foreigners and expatriates are still uh, kind of locked here, while those that are also supposed to come in can still come in yet. If I'm not doing video, I'll be doing audio. If I'm not doing audio, I'm doing graphics. So if I'm doing graphics, most of my clients are mostly online and we communicate you know, via the social media and all of that. And uh, the same even with the audio too, but most of the time, 
I think the only place where I was affected was when I had to do a music video for a young lad. We had to hold on till the whole pandemic was over because then we had to, you know, see each other. So apart from that, it didn't really affect me that much. Here in Accra, during the lockdown, we, unlike other developer advanced country or very dense populated country, Ghana, we just a population of, uh, of about um, 30 million. So we didn't have a full lockdown. We had what they call partial lockdown. You could still go to the grocery stores and get food and you could still go to certain places, but then you had to give reasons why you're going to those places. If the reasons are tangible, then you, you'll be allowed to, if you didn't give them enough reason, they, they send you back. Although there was a time when it got very, it seems the people were taking advantage of the leniency which the government gave because Africa, a lot of people are not very educated. And yet when stuff like this happened, people always take it very lightly because then there is the notion of um, there is culture, there is religion, there is all of those things in place. So you see a lot of people tell you this doesn't affect the black person and this doesn't affect the disease of the white man and all of that, blah, blah, blah. So the people started taking that for granted and we started having a lot of people on the streets. So the military had to come in. So that went on and um, they controlled it in that angle. And then too, you're not meant to stay out to certain hour of the day, like probably around five, everybody is meant to be in. Then around um, maybe the next day too, if you have to go, you have to go at like 10 or 11 a.m. So now that the whole lockdown is restricted, I can say businesses have resumed, but schools hasn't resumed yet. Some schools take classes online, like those in the university and, and the rest of them, but the basic education, like we have the form one and form two, like I think that is what you call grade one or grade two, and the rest of them hasn't resumed yet. They've been home for the past four months now, yeah. The reason why the lockdown had to be taken off so quickly was the fact that we are developing country. We don't have a lot of resources and money, and so a lot of people live less than a dollar a day. When you're in a country like that, a lot of the people also get money by the work they do in the day. So if they don't go to work that day, there's no pay, there's no food. You understand? So the cry from the people were, were becoming too much because then it's as if even if coronavirus didn't kill you, then you, you died of starvation or hunger. Then the government have to put in certain measures. At first, the um, water bill was cut off. So we've not been paying for water bill for the past three or four months now. Then afterwards, they slashed the electricity bill by, I think, 50%. By that, the government, too, had been trying to understand the situation. So afterwards, even with that still, the pressure was still very much on the government because then people still need to feed their kids. People need to eat. People have responsibility and basic needs. So for that, they had to just lift the ban. So now there is a strict measure that when you're going out, you have to go out with your face mask on, wherever you are, even though you're at a public place, probably to protect even those who are ignorant of the whole disease, to create certain fear. So they have to just make it that 
Once you're leaving your house, you just have to put on the face mask. During the lockdown, it was actually very quiet outside. You barely see people walking. It was like everything was just so standstill. Like at first, they didn't allow people to go out for jogging, but afterwards, people started going out for jogging and walk out. But then, just for some very short parameters from away from their houses, it was very scanty. Like somebody like me, every evening I take an evening walk. So during those times, I couldn't, and because of what I do as a creative, I tend to think a lot. I tend to have a lot on my head. So during the evening is how I kind of recuperate and just clear my thoughts and all stuff. So I used to take a walk. I don't do much of road work and jogging, but I, I do take a walk. So then it really affected me. Yeah. Uh, I've actually lost count, but I think currently the number of confirmed and affected cases should be going to about 3,000. Yeah. But for a population, for a country like Ghana, that is actually a very large number. It's about 6 p.m. in the evening. I'm looking through my window. I can see the tree sway left and right to the direction of the gentle breeze. People passing. And of course, the chickens and the... It's like any other day in Accra. The temperature is warm. It's warm now, but then later it could get cold because now we are in the raining season. Maybe during the, the later evening, the rain could start. But right now, it's warm, humid, and kind of a mixed. Just behind my, my building, there are a couple of young guys playing football because before the pandemic, it's not allowed. So... We have kids playing football, and um, I could hear people laughing. We have what we call the orcas. They are the people who, they are like mobile traders. So they bring certain groceries to your house to buy. So you pay, and then you get them. It affected everything, social life, daily life. It just affected everything, and it changes the whole thing. It got to a point you don't even know what day it is anymore. You don't know if it's Monday, you don't know if it's Tuesday. Every day just seems like a nameless day. You, it's just there. You don't know what, what to call it. One thing that struck me was that during those times, people around me were more empathetic. Or probably they have been, but I never noticed. But during those times, I noticed that there was this bond. Everybody wanted to know how everyone was doing. Normally, Africa, we are. You know, we are very warm people. We, we like gatherings. We like holding each other and stuff like that. So this pandemic was very tough for us because it's against everything that the African culture is. Unlike UK or America, when you go out, you have to greet about 10 to 5 people along the way. You have to greet hands, shake, and, you know, those kind of things. So we are very warm. We are warm-blooded and we touch each other. So when the pandemic came, to start keeping those distances were very difficult, were very tough. I kind of appreciated certain things which I've taken for granted. And I could see love, people showed me love, yeah. They showed me care. Everybody wanted to know how you were doing. Are you fine when you, when you sleep? They wanted to know if you slept well and stuff like that. Before the pandemic, 
the fact that people never sees you, the fact that everybody was always on the move, the fact that, you know, we are just rushing to catch up with something. We never see that. But when the pandemic came and the, the lockdown and we could see each other, then you could see that people truly care about you, that there is really family around you. Yeah. The lockdown was a spiritual moment. Yes. When I'm talking about spiritual, I'm not talking about praying and God. No, it was a spiritual moment in the sense that it was a time to reflect. During that moment, the world stands still. And the only thing that was moving was yourself. That was how it felt. Like, I was just the only thing that was moving. And then it was like I could turn around and see my life in 360 then I could know what was wrong. How I've been living my life from the beginning to that time. And then one just needed to be very tough-minded because it was mentally difficult to cope with certain things. I can't really say there was a particular tips that kept me, but maybe it was just instinctive because from the beginning, I'm, I'm a restless person. I always wanting or looking for something to do. So during those times, it was a moment for me to catch up with life. Whoever is listening to me, I can't really say I know what you're going through because we all experience this thing differently. But one thing that I want you to know is no matter how tough it may be or how difficult it might be, you need to be strong. You need to be strong. Thank you for listening to Coexisting. It's Lara Lightbody, the producer of the show. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear the story unfold, here is where I need your help. Hit the subscribe button so Coexisting comes up automatically in your feed. Secondly, write a review and rate with stars, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. And if there's anyone out there that you think would make a great guest, just get in touch. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn as Coexisting Podcast. That way, that many more people will find us.